0: This is The Marty Ray Project, Chats, and I'm Marty Ray, one of the hosts of this podcast. You might know me from a beard video, a prank call, or a rap song turned acoustic cover. If you're a real project, or maybe one of my three original albums as well. Regardless of how you know me now, my whole career actually started with a podcast years ago, before everybody had one and back when podcasts got no respect at all. Times have changed a little, and this is me coming back to my roots in a way, and this time... I'm bringing some friends along with me. Like my co-host Jim Best, Country Music Hall of Fame steel guitar player and producer. He's a one. Played on a bunch of legendary country music songs that you probably know, probably heard them. If you don't know either of us, thanks for tuning in anyway. I bet you'll love it. Welcome to the project. Download, subscribe, and rate, whether you love it or not. Sound supplied by Rodecaster Pro. Thank you so much, Rode. We love you. Thank you for tuning in, everybody. Let's chat. Today on the show, we have a man that writes songs so well that he knocks his own songs out of the Billboard number one slots with his own songs. He, does, he just does it for the fun of it. Songs like Don't Blink for Kenny Chesney, People Loving People for Garth, and, and one of my favorite country songs ever written, Something to be proud of for Montgomery Gentry. On top of that, he's got hair on his chin, so we're already kindred. Chris Wallen, welcome to the show, brother. Man, thanks so much for having me. This is Jim Vest. I don't know if you ever heard of him. He's a he was he. Oh yeah, did a it little did bit it, of something. Yeah, man. He played uh what was? It? What'd you play? Like a a fiddle or something?
1: <laughs> yeah, it, it was a slide guitar. A oh, slide
2: guitar. One of them yeah. slide guitars. I, yeah. think, I, I think I may, you may have played on one of my sessions years ago. May have. I did a lot of them. I think you may have. You played on one of mine. What year? Oh, well, it was probably start back uh, early 90s.
1: Yeah, I was still still real busy then. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Mm. yeah. How long? How long you been writing songs? Well, I've been writing since I since I was about twelve. My my mother made a record in Nashville when I was seven years old, and we lived on top of a bar on Broadway. You lived on top of the it's bar called on a Broadway. bar called the Turf. What's it called now? Uh, <laughs> it's probably some T-shirt shop now, but yeah, it's it's it, as you coming down Broadway, it's on your right there. I, I don't know what it's not there anymore, of course, but but it had a uh, it was a it was a bar called the Turf, and Mom sang there at night. Wow! And um, I'm one of my earliest memories is my stepdad, who was he who was a, a session guitar player named Don Cruz. Years and years and years ago, uh, him and one of my earliest memories of him and my mom getting into this argument when we lived on top of the turf, and uh, <laughs> and uh, I guess the good news is that that Don got a got a regular playing gig. The bad news is it was in a strip club on Broadway, and Mom <laughs> wasn't having it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> there were strip clubs on Broadway back then it was
2: two or three, yeah
0: hmm. Now you gotta go to Printer's Alley for that Yep
1: I think Don't they have but, that little naked You, you know, know I went through there I was, I was just heartbroken I went through about a year ago And they were in the process of tearing down The uh, Western Room And of course that was basically Two or three more stories above it and what a lot of people don't know is there was an old whorehouse uh, on the next, the last three floors upstairs over the Western Room and over that Fourth Avenue entrance was a whorehouse. Well, t-
0: well, if anybody knew it, you you would know it. That it was well, there.
1: you know, I worked there from 1969 <laughs> to 1967. No, I mean, 69 uh, to 77. But the guy that owned the place, his name was Joel Vredenberg. And he said, Jim, I'm going to show you something you've never seen. And we took a ladder and come in the, the 4th Avenue entrance, and there's this tile ceiling. He pushed a couple of tiles back, and there's where a set of stairs had just been cut off four or five wow. inches above that. Mm. So we tried not to tear the ceiling down. I was a lot more small and a lot more limber then. And we got up and went up these stairs, and he said, Jim, this was the house." And when he got me up there to the first floor, we started looking in these rooms, and uh, he said, look here. And he mashed a, a wall, and a door would open. And then between the rooms, about four foot to five foot, was hollow. And it had mattresses laid in there, just in case the chief of police <laughs> or one of our wow. senators up there getting a piece of a pie. Mm-hmm. They, they sold pie they, there, too. They sold pie, boy. It was <laughs> good, too. Man. Yeah. Now, I like pie.
2: Oh, I love me and some pie. What
1: kind of pie do they have there? <laughs> Blonde and chocolate. And- <laughs> And uh, so they didn't have to leave or be caught doing something with their, uh, you know, with their waitress. And uh, so they would just move them right in between the walls and it'd be quiet, just continue what they are doing. If some idiot, new cop decided he's going to raid the, the local whorehouse, you know, but this is back in the 30s and stuff. And it had a lot of history. Anyway, I got a brick from the West, from the whorehouse. And well, it was Horry House up there, and then you know next to us was the Western. I mean, the Western Room was here, and then next door was the Black Poodle.
2: There's so much history. Oh my gosh, it's 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 amazing the history that's here in Nashville that that uh, a lot of people don't realize that even happened. You're right. I mean, it's crazy. Some some of the some of the uh, buildings they're tearing down. I, I don't think they have any idea. Of yeah. some of the stuff that has happened uh, the Historical things that They like don't that, really but. care to be honest with you Some yeah. of those little mm-hmm. old
1: houses they're tearing down That were little old rough nasty ass yeah. looking studios Cut some of the dead Burned his music you, you wouldn't believe I scripts.
2: had uh, some friends of mine A few years ago uh, You know they're not in the music business or anything And and they wanted me to Take them around to you know Music Row Some of the play. you know when I first started And everything and I took him around everywhere I took him I said I said well, you know down here I, I hit my uh my my first demo session I did with uh uh this guy named Dave Matthews uh Studio 19 Was it the guy Dave Matthews band? No 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 oh. they call him Puck. Oh okay. <clears throat> but uh great guy he 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 had, had that engineer at the studio and that was my first place and I went to tell him and I and it was it was completely mowed down. There was it was it's a parking lot now.
1: Was that studio on Nineteenth Avenue? Yeah, mm. I played there many, many, yeah. many times. I, that's. Uh, <laughs> I'll tell you in a minute who owned it or who was working it back when I was
2: my first session that I ever did. You know that was my session. Um, I did there, and they asked me a question back then that I, you know, me trying to. Trying to act like I wasn't as green as I was I just said okay And they asked me now, Are you going to bring the tape? Mm. I said sure
1: What yeah. kind of tape did you want? Yeah I'll,
2: I'll bring the tape
0: <laughs> Cassette tape? <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah. And I, got, I showed up And all the musicians was there <laughs> Uh, they, <laughs> all the musicians were there, and they look. <laughs> they're, they're like, "What?" I said, "What, what kind of, Oh man, I said, "What kind of tape you need?" And I said, Two "You inch. don't have." Yeah, so <laughs> they ended up renting because back then I don't know if you still can. You could rent tape, and then they would. Uh, you could use it, and then uh, eventually give it back to them. You know, after. So, so, yeah, (laughs) my first session, I felt like an idiot. I'm
0: so
1: glad that we don't have to use tape anymore. (laughs) Oh, no, man, I'll tell you what. Right now, in my mind, in my heart, and I just haven't got the studio right now that's got a good, you know, Studer Mm 24-track, but right now, I believe with all my heart, the best record that can be cut right now is to cut it on a 24-track and then slip it right over to Pro Tools and mix it. See, I, I believe you still have some warmth from what we. Oh, man. Uh, you you're digging what I'm saying? Oh, 100%. And, uh, and you still got control. You can do anything you want to do or whatever, add what, you know. But I mean, most of my life was on 24 track. Right. I mean, I've seen them, that tape is that wide. I've seen them stick it in them thing, put some clamps down on it, go to cutting on it. And-
2: that's the original cut and paste. Yes, sir. <laughs> yeah, You
1: did the tape like this. Some <laughs> sound effects are pretty good on, ain't they? That's how they found where to cut. You know.
0: Well, yeah. listen, we've gone a long ways further than we've ever gone before without doing the Fast Five, Jim.
1: Do it. So see, see if the boys got it. We, start, oh, every, probably ain't. Go we start
0: every episode with a Fast Five. We ask you Fast Quick questions. Oh, I ain't and good at quick. Give us fast five, fast, fast five answers. worth a shit Let me tell you something. Before we even
2: start, I can hide my own Easter eggs. But go ahead. Can you? <laughs> yeah. I don't know what that. What's that? What does that
0: mean? I don't get it. I Jim, did. you get that? What does that mean? <laughs> uh, he can hide his own Easter eggs. Yeah. Quick. <laughs> Never seen him. Yeah. Yeah. I, I got it now. I get oh, it now. Yeah. It went over my head apparently. Oh, uh, bounced off and just slid. But I promise to laugh at the next one. Okay, no matter what.
2: Okay, deal, deal. Let me think about it. But we'll go ahead. <laughs> we'll go ahead and see anyway. Here's the fast five. Your favorite guitar maker? Favorite guitar maker? Yeah. I've had a Taylor for years. For twenty six years, I've I've played the same Taylor. So would you say Taylor's your favorite guitar maker? Taylor Martin. Martin, I play a Martin. Yeah, your really favorite right. TV show? Favorite TV show right now? <laughs> Lieutenant Joe Kenda, homicide hunter. <clears throat> wow! Did you make that yourself? No.
0: They- <laughs> no. Did <laughs> you <laughs> produce
2: that or <laughs> no? Oh no! Uh-uh. Is that a plug? <laughs> no. It's it's this guy that's that's, that's solved over three hundred uh, murder cases.
1: Now, is what- that the one that had his son killed? His son—that's what started him. Was no, abducted no, no. or killed? No, this guys. Guy.
2: Just—he's a retired uh, uh, officer, uh, and he, I'm telling you, he's just real. He's just who he is, and he—he could be funny. But anyway, I, we love and my wife. Love watching him. What channel is that on? Hell, if I don't know, I just—I just. I just Put it on there to type. it many people know <laughs> I don't think either. I've never heard of that <laughs> Oh no It's look at it No it's huge it, It's a just, huge show He just did his last one I just watched the last um, The last Homicide Hunter And it was uh, I think he's been on like Eight years Nine years something. Really? Yeah Jim, you're the one
1: sitting here watching TV all the time. I do, but I watch a lot of car deals, <laughs> car shows where they
2: build. Oh, I love that too. Rebuild
1: cars, can dig, you know?
0: Yeah, you do. You, that's all I ever see you
2: watching, actually. Right, a song you wish you'd written? A good buddy of mine wrote it. I can't make you love me if you don't.
0: Man, that's a great song. Who wrote that? I've had that? to
2: follow it many times. I play. It. <laughs> it's a hard song to follow. Who wrote it? Alan Shamblin and um, Mike Reed. Jim, you heard that one?
1: I don't think I have. Yeah, you
2: have. That's, uh, who who Bonnie, made that pop? Bonnie Rae. Bonnie
1: Rae. I don't know who Bonnie Raitt is. I can
0: Make You Love Me.
1: Oh, yeah, 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 yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah. yeah that's a great song. Yeah,
1: you, two or three notes of any song now. If I've had any uh, dealings with it, then I know what it is. Oh, we'll just start a new game then, won't we? We could. Yeah. Name the uh, name this song. name this
0: song with just two
1: notes. Well, now two's gonna be rough. Well, how many notes you need? Probably five or
2: six. But, but then I usually know it. Okay, hey, there's some songs nowadays. Two notes is the whole song. <laughs> 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 like, <laughs> so that's a whole chord two progression. Notes and
1: about three dozen or two dozen song of uh, words. We man. went through three, fast as you can say them.
2: Three chords in a true to two chords in a loop. Like every song that I've written, he's talking about
0: the songs I write now. You're right. <laughs> the an instrument you wish you could play,
2: piano. Okay, I thought when I looked at you, I figured you probably could play the piano. So I mean, I know a little. I wish I could, you know, I just barely it around, but I, I wish I could, you know. John Hobbs was my uh, uh, John is a, a session player, and Jim Moose. Moose Brown, I know that. yeah,
1: on bass, yeah,
2: yeah, mm.
0: yeah. I wish I could play piano as well. So yeah. um, I do too. <laughs> do you, you wish I, I could? Love it. Yeah, it'd be great to write on it. Yeah,
1: <laughs> He am telling you, it's hard to write on it. Write a guitar.
2: Guitar. <laughs> <clears throat> um, so you're a lover of McDonald's, right? Well, I used to be. It, it was out of out of a uh, necessity. You uh, <laughs> you he, Jim, he used to when when burgers were
0: 29 cents a piece he'd go and buy a bag of 15 and he would eat two of them and freeze the other ones and eat all week off of his uh 29 cent
2: hamburger i used to buy them 50 at a time i would go in and order 50 hamburgers a large fry and a diet coke <laughs> he froze he even he didn't even drink
0: all the diet coke he drank a little bit at a time froze a little bit of the diet coke uh, we just
1: ate twenty uh, something dollars worth of crystals.
0: Oh, no. it reminds me, I got to give you that
2: money back. Man, I tell you, hey, yo, thanks for bringing that up on the show. <laughs> yeah, I real love, slick. I real love slick. crystals. No I could eat a crystals full fast. it would come out with a still in the box. Mm. I like that. Just yeah. square. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I told him I'd laugh at the next one. No what. I had to get it. So yeah, uh, I appreciate no, that. No, but I will tell you, crystals, I. Have put down, you know those steamer packs? Remember, you know the steamer packs, right? Yeah. Y- y'all both look confused. You, you know the steamer pack, Jim? Where you get like 30, you get 24? Yeah. You know, I used yeah. to put those down by myself back in the day. I can't now, but I used to could. Like a Jeff Foxworthy word. Used to <laughs> I could. Used to could. Yeah, that's one word. <laughs> so how'd you get started? Uh, you, t- you touched on it briefly earlier in the show. it's been so long we've been here so long (laughs) (laughs) you touched on it briefly how you you started writing at 12 years old but how did you get started actually getting cuts and and getting you know your sessions
2: and things like that well i tell you uh it's it's kind of a kind of a weird thing because i um i had been going back and forth uh to Nashville, and uh, I, I, I was in this this song contest that Gibson was putting on on Broadway, and uh, and I, I I got second place in the song contest, and um, and part of the the thing that we got is 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 you got to go and play this this publisher some of your songs from then on. So so I had been coming to town. Uh, I was working at a factory, uh, sixty hours a week, and and I was coming to town every weekend, and um, so I had I had been to town a little while, and I've been you know I'd, I had this uh, my only publisher I, I had talked to for a long time was this uh, it was called King Lizard Music, and it was uh, Kingsley Brock and Liz. Rose, Liz actually ended up writing all the Taylor Swift stuff years later. Mm. But um, so uh, so basically, I, I you know I had been in town a while and I was playing them songs, and I was dead broke. I you know I had I got a phone call one day, and Ford Motor Credit called me and said, uh, you know, this car that I would had before I moved to town. That I couldn't afford anymore, because that's back when I worked for a living, and <laughs> uh, I was behind on the payments. And they said we're gonna have to, if if you can't come up with it was eight hundred and sixty dollars, we're gonna have to come and repo your car. Repo your car. Mm-hmm. And I was calling everybody, and nobody, you know, nobody had any money. I was calling back home, and I and I said, "Well, I may have to." I oh, wish
1: you'd have called me. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so I must, must have moved back home. You know, I, I'm, a, I'm really close to. Well. Now, first of all, we don't even really know where your home was. Where'd East you come Tennessee. From? I'm from East Tennessee. I'm from pretty much Gatlinburg with no tourists is where I'm from.
0: Shoot, I sure love Gatlinburg. We were just talking about that, weren't
2: we? Yeah. I go my first gig was in uh, – one of my first gigs was in Gatlinburg. I, place, I played at a place called Chuggies. Very I've classy, been there. Very classy joint back in the I remember morning. that place. <laughs> Not <laughs> I, really. I, I, I did know. a solo act there. but uh, So, so anyway, I you know – I was um uh I'm trying to think of where I was in this lie I was telling. <laughs> uh That's <laughs> tough. <laughs> I know, Gattinian keep bird. it straight. So uh so basically I you know, I was I was about to move back home and um Kingsley Brock called me. He goes, Hey, you know, uh we I'd like to talk to you about coming and writing for us. For you know, um, this is the same week that the, the Ford Motor Credit called me. He said I'd like to come and talk to you about writing for us um, at King Lizard Music, and so I went over there and he, he basically he said, "Well, he goes, let's say you started, he's, we can give you two hundred and fifty dollars a week. We'll say you started at the first of the month because it was the middle of the month. He said we'll give you two hundred fifty dollars a week." He goes. I can write you a check for nine hundred dollars. Now, what year was this? Uh, this is
0: early nineties, sometime. I mean, was that good money for a pub? Because it's basically a publishing deal. Yeah, it's uh, all
2: right. Yeah, it wasn't. Yeah, it it, it it was. Uh, you know, what I didn't know then is actually you pay taxes and everything on <laughs> you're looking. That sounds like a hundred and. That sounds like a, a just a. Low amount of money to give away your songs Cause you Well here's the thing He said He goes I'll give you $250 a week And I'll give you $400 For your Schedule A Which means every song I'd ever written So, so I, he was giving you $400 for every song For I've every ever written. song I'd ever written What a rip off And uh, well But I ended up Taking that $900 And I, and I Western union Ford Motor Credit, eight hundred and sixty dollars, and I kept my car and I went that week and I bought a hundred hamburgers. Yeah. A large fried dine coke.
0: <laughs> he was right back at it
2: with the hamburgers. <laughs> He's
0: like, Man, I, I can four hundred dollars I can get a lot of hamburgers. Uh, that's a lot of
2: hamburgers now. Let me write another song for more hamburgers. Well they're not so bad. I mean, they they actually taste pretty good until you get down to about the last three and they have a you know, have a little crusty ring around them where yeah. they've been, you know. Yeah. And you yeah. just pretend they're freeze pizza. Or burn. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you freeze or burn twice. Pretend they're pizza, you know. <laughs> yeah. I like that. What was your uh, what was your first hit that you wrote? My first hit, uh, uh, my first song that I ever got. You know, there was a single, was in Australia, was a song called That's What Brothers Do, uh, and uh, ended up um, ended up Confederate Railroad put it out a few years later.
0: Hmm. Uh,
2: but um, my first hit, like my first top, you know, the one that I really heard on the radio here was I'm Trying, Trace Atkins. How'd that one go? All, you know, all I can do is all I can do. I keep on trying. Oh yeah, 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 yeah! I remember that now. And yep. um, and that was the first song. Um, you know, that was the first song that that I actually that actually woke me up on my um on my alarm clock. Like I got up and I set my alarm for radio, and that song woke me up, and uh, I about to sit there and bawled like a bully hit me.
0: I'll guarantee you.
2: What <laughs> what did like? How did that
0: come about? Did you pitch that yourself, or was that through the publishing company?
2: That was through uh, who? Actually, um, through a guy that I'm known for years now, Daryl Franklin, who uh, who was Dan Huff's main guy for a long time. I ended up writing for him years later uh, through a publishing company through my buddy Jeffrey Steele. So you didn't you didn't that song was you completely owned 100 percent of it oh no 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 i I was with a publisher I was mm. uh, uh uh with Corlew music group at that time uh David Corlew, who who's managed Charlie Daniels for years yeah I years. know
1: I hunted I hunted with his brother mm. oh yeah I don't know His brother day. lives up at cottontown
2: and uh David you know uh, uh we was writing writing for him and and uh I'm trying. The day we wrote I'm Trying, we actually wrote me, Jeffrey Steele, and Anthony Smith were writing, and we just finished a song that w- that I didn't know then was going to be my first American cut. Which one? It was Lori Morgan, Sammy Kershaw, a song called Three Seconds. It never was a single, but... Um that that was my first actual cut. <laughs> He's banging on the table.
0: <laughs> I'm like on, please <laughs> for the
2: love of everything. <laughs> I don't need two gems sitting here. Hey man. Jim does that too. <laughs> We're just making a making a beat going here. Yeah,
1: y'all doing the yeah. sound effects. I played on Lori's biggest hit. I think it was his her biggest hit, though. What part of no don't you understand?
0: Oh yeah. yeah, I guarantee you that's probably her biggest hit. That's a, that's one of the ones that come to mind immediately. Gerald Smith wrote that. Man, this man knows his
1: songwriters. Yeah, I just yeah. put Gerald. I to put Gerald in the Hall of Fame over there at Sevierville. Uh, it's called NACMA, mm. and it's a country music Hall of Fame. Got all the Grand Ole Opry people, people like Hank Cochran in it. Oh yeah. And uh, who was my writing partner till he Oh died. man, yeah. Oh yeah. And uh, um, we going gonna—I'll talk to you that this year is too late to do anything this year, but next year we need to talk. And uh, yeah. me and you uh, seem to write a really good song between now and then. I could see that uh, that you went in.
2: Yeah, I mean, uh, there's you know, there's there, there's people you can talk to about that type of thing. I yeah, and I'm I'm him. <laughs> <laughs>
0: what was your uh, what was your first number one?
2: My first number one was something to be proud of. Man, I love that song. I'd had, a, and I tell you, I tell you a, a, a story about that too. Is is like I said, I, I'm from. Uh, East Tennessee, and I was at the Rod Runs in in Gatlinburg. I had this, they have this huge show a couple times a year called the Rod Run. This this uh, car show. Mm-hmm. I've always loved old cars, yeah. and I uh, always wanted one, and never could afford it. And we were we were looking around. I always tell people, I said I was looking around thinking, and I, something was telling me you better not buy one. And that was my wife; she's behind me, mm-hmm. telling me you better not buy one, and um. I got a phone call and uh, that something to be proud of was going to go number one. Is my first number. I'd had some top fives, but I'd never had a number one. And I drove home in a 1966 Chevelle Supersport. You still have it? Nope. Sold it about a year ago. I had it. Oh, for, wow. It was in the shop for 12 years, pretty much.
0: <laughs> in the shop for 12 years?
2: <laughs> yeah. I Well, you can't give it redneck money. Cause I had music notes in the flames on the side of it. Oh, I see. I see. <laughs> oh, yeah. It wasn't because it was broken I had down. A, I had a a, a precision base head oh, for, the, no. for the for the um the accelerator pedal. You <laughs> was doing some crazy
0: like pit um, my ride type stuff.
2: Oh yeah, it was ni- it was nice. So the guy the guy that bought it from me he he sends me pictures every now and then of all the. Uh, the awards he's winning with it. And I'm like, it's like, it's like you stole my girlfriend and now you're sending me naked pictures of her. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Jim knows about that.
1: (laughs) I know about, yeah, I do. I know a little bit about anything (laughs) else about that. I know I bought a brand new Jeep in 81, brand new. And it was black CJ7 cloth top. But it had that big V eight engine in it, straight shift. Yeah. And I'm telling you, when you when you pop that thing to it, at the time you it would jump from here to the street out there. It would jump that far. But anyway, when you oh, said yeah. notes and all that shit, you put <laughs> on yours. I put an eagle across the front of that hood. <laughs> oh yeah,
2: heck yeah. And it was
1: an eagle, you know, trying to land and had ribbon in his hands and said, "I'm not easy." And boy, I loved it. I would give oh, anything man. to have that yeah. damn Jeep back.
0: Was you did you did it say that because of the song you wrote yeah, for? Yeah. What was it? who was it?
1: Uh, Billy, Billy Joe Spears. Billy Joe Spears. Yeah. Well, a little quick thing. You'll get a kick out of this. This is for you. A boy by the name of David Chamberlain. I started writing with him. He pestered me for a year. I couldn't hide out nowhere in Ohren Printer's Alley, no matter <laughs> what I was doing, you know, and. Uh, that he wouldn't bust in a dark room saying, listen to this idea, what do you think about this, Jim? And I finally got so pissed off. I said, look, David, I'll write with you for about four or five months. If we ain't wrote something that sounds like a damn hit, I said, don't ever tell me another. Never. (laughs) So the first night we got together, we wrote I'm Not Easy. The next week, my girl singer, you know, I had a group called The Nashville Cats. It's my girl singer, she learned the thing, and we're doing it on stage, and then walks uh, Larry Butler. And he caught me at the end of the bar when I got off that set. and said, don't ever do that song again, never. I said, what's wrong with you? I wrote the damn thing. I'll sing it or do it whatever I want to do. He said, no, you dumbass. I'm going to cut that next week. And he said, I'm telling you right now, get me a copy and don't sing it no more. I said, all right, I'll never (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) I understand. so right off the bat, we had a top 10 record for the first time we sat down. That's awesome. The next time we sat down, we wrote from cotton to satin, which was paychecks, going to be his title of his album right until the last day we could take this job and shove it Then i knew i didn't have the east side song no none of them. And it and it was probably a good thing better thing he'd had a great album with my song heading it up but nothing like what he had with uh, take this job and shove it yeah didn't uh david allen cole write that he did yeah uh, when we first heard it it was tim with the guitar and the demo was just a piece of shit and uh I thought, oh my God! I've had to sit through about twelve songs now, to see if I'm going to be able to retain this <laughs> position, I, this bubble I've been riding on. You know, and, and, and of course, Billy Sherrill loved me, and I, I'd cut something, I'd write something one week, and he cut it the next week, on paycheck or Tammy Wynette, just whoever. You know, he had a bunch of girl singers he's doing too. And uh, but anyway, David went on to he brought me later on, brought me two songs. He said, Jim. He said, you got time to help me with this? He had a verse and a chorus, and it was called uh, What's Going On In Your World. Oh, man. And, and I saw him about two weeks later. I said, buddy, did you, you finish your song? Said, yeah, I finished it by myself. one I wanted you to help me on that. He said, but uh, I pitched it to George Strait, and we go to see. And naturally, now history tells us that it was number one. And then uh, <laughs> later on, he brought me another, you know, because I started him. Help me finish this one, and uh, what was the name of it? Anyway, long story made short, she pitched it to George, and George cut it. Had another number one, and he had it half done when he brought it to me. That's brilliant, sitting.
0: I think you said George Jones. Did he say George Jones? I think you meant George Strait. It was Straight, George yeah. Straight. Well,
1: you knew yeah. what the name yeah. of the song, oh, it was Straight. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: but I, I, I could be wrong. I thought, I thought, I was thinking for some reason, I was thinking George Jones. I was
1: like, I'd never heard. Am am I blue? Yes, I'm blue. It started the day I lost you. That's a good song. Oh, yeah. David David wrote that? All by his damn self, the rotten (laughs) son of a bitch. Son of a
0: gun. And you had nothing to do
1: with it. Yeah, I did. I was the one who refused to write the second half. (laughs) You're the one that gave him the motivation. (laughs) (laughs) I'm the smartest bitch in Nashville that said that. Hmm.
0: So, Chris, you are one of the only, maybe the only man who wrote a song Went to number one, and then had another song that you wrote knock that
2: out of number one. That was a good couple of months in the Wallen house. I can tell you that right now. I guarantee you. <laughs> yeah. I, How, what was what was the song that was number one at the time? Was it? Uh, it was. Uh, it was actually a song uh, uh, Toby Keith had called, called "Hate Me If You Want to, Love Me If You Can."
0: Why did I not? I've never heard that one. Yeah, it was. And uh, uh, for it to be number one, it's crazy. How did that go?
2: Well, it's a couple of, uh, is, uh, I'm a man of my convictions. Call me wrong. Call me right. Bring my better angels to every fight.
0: Yes. I remember that now. Yep. And, um, so then the one that knocked it out was don't blink. Don't blink by Kenny Chesney.
2: I had, uh, you know, what's funny about that. There's a whole weird thing that happened because of that. Um, Hate Me If You Want To, Love Me If You Can, was actually, I was cut first by Trace Atkins and uh, never made the record. And uh, while, you know, and who cut that was uh, another, uh, uh, he's a a great songwriter, um, um, Casey Bethard. He's, uh, he's had a bunch of hits, and uh, he he him and Kenny Beard.
1: Yeah, I know Kenny.
2: Yeah, uh, him and Kenny. Uh, I like his last name. Yeah, I know, right? yeah, was He was a red hit. <laughs> oh was yeah, it? he was. Yeah, he uh, they cut it on um, they cut it on Trace. And at the time, you know, when when he cut it, he goes, "You got anything for Trace? I said, "Man, I got this this song." And I he goes, "We love it. We're gonna cut it." He goes, "Man, we need to get together and write." and you know it, i was like yeah man i'd love to get together and write and uh so in the meantime so he cut that song well, in the meantime him and i got together to write and we wrote don't blink mm. in that time and you know and uh it took it took a little while but it's so weird because, uh, you know, "Don't Blink" was literally we cu- we we went in to to write it, and we, from the very start, we said it's Kenny, it's a Kenny song, and uh, and so so Kenny wasn't cutting any uh, ballads, so uh, but anyway, uh, Buddy Cannon ended up taking one of his own songs off. Of the record, which is unheard of nowadays, to absolutely put, to put "Don't Blink" on the record. He must have liked it. He he knew it and, needed to be there. And so, um, and I still to this day have the utmost respect for Buddy for doing that. Oh,
1: he's my dear friend. For
2: yeah, forty years. Me, me me and him do a lot of Bluebird shows together. <laughs> yeah, he's he's a nut, Buddy. I love Buddy. But uh, so so basically, we wrote "Don't Blink." In between that time, that they that that uh the Trace cut <laughs> Love Me If You Can, and um, and 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 he, and he didn't make the album, and then Toby Keith cut it, and it got it started, and they started going up the charts at the same time, even though they were written completely different times. And uh, anyway, it ended up, um, who was it? It, it was. It was in Toby's camp. Uh, they cu- gave me a call one day, and they said, hey, uh, we were going to let you know, you know, we're hitting number one. We thought it was going to be a, um, a multi-week number one, but this, dang, this don't blink is going to knock us off. And I didn't say anything to her. <laughs> and <laughs> and she said, don't don't blink is going to knock us off. She But, we're, we're, you know, we're going to be number one for at least a week, and, and uh, I said, oh, well, you know, at least, at least it's number one for a week. I said, I'll, I'll take it, you know. So about three hours later, she calls me back. She goes, You sorry son of a bitch. You wrote, <laughs> Don't blink, <bleed>, too. <laughs> she goes, Why didn't you tell me? I said, well, I wasn't about to tell you. <laughs> uh, man, that is incredible, man. <laughs> that's
0: something that, that's really some kind of accolade to have. Oh, yeah. Man. You could be the only. <laughs> I mean, are you the only guy that's ever done that? I don't that?
2: know. I, I I don't know. I'm surely somebody I, has. I think Hank S- Senior. I would had think, that happen two well, or three times. Hank Senior, yeah. yeah. Well, and I tell you, Mel Tillis. I was at Mel. I think he had at one. I don't know if he did that. I know at one time he had 25 songs in the top 40. So he may have did that. I think
0: Conway early. Twitty has the most. Top tens of all time, or the most number ones, or something. Either Conway Twitty or Randy Travis won. And there's fifty. Yeah. The number that comes to mind is fifty three. I'm going to see what that number and what that stat actually is. But one of those two guys has fifty three, either fifty three number ones or or fifty three top ten hits under their belt. I can't remember which one it is, but I know they both did a lot of legendary things. But I don't know if I ever read anything. I've read a lot about Conway Twitty. I don't think I ever read anywhere that said he wrote a song, went number one, and then another song that he wrote came up and went number one, or he sang. He didn't write. I don't know how many songs he wrote, but I'm talking about just just singing himself.
2: Right, right. So
0: you'd have to go back and look at the songwriters, I guess, to know if that. Yeah. You'd have to know all the songwriters, and I I don't know everybody that wrote everything.
1: I can tell you who was one of the mainstays for Conway was Ellie White and Lola Mm -hmm. Jean Dillon. And they wrote a bunch of stuff together, and he made uh, Ellie White the head of his uh, company. Uh, he run a publishing company. I did all the demos. And uh, I remember one day we were so happy that we had hurried through and cut almost nine demos in three hours. And they, were, they sounded good. And uh, give them to Conway, and I think he pulled four or five out of that one batch. Wow. For number one. Hmm. Four or five. That he Ooh, made man, isn't that something? And John Huey, you know, played steel for him on his records. And I'd give, you know, I knew who was going to be playing on it, so I'd, I'd try to make it as hard on his ass as I could. Why I,
0: why didn't you play on Conway's? Because
1: John was doing it, you know. Yeah. Mm. And, uh, you know, we all have people just like, you know, Paycheck loved me so much, and then Vern loved me so much. And, and when I was doing that stuff, you know, there was nobody that could touch my job, you know.
2: Right. Because hell, has, has his sound, you know? But. Man, I love me some. We're talking about, um, I've Vern Gosden. I did all his big records. Oh, God. Yeah, that's what. Oh, there's man. There's a bunch I of love it hanging here some somewhere. Vern, buddy.
0: Ooh, Yeah, his lick at the beginning of Set 'em Up Joe changed the way people played the steel guitar, actually. Is, is Set 'em
1: Up Joe in here? Uh, well, I've given a couple away, and I don't know. I'm giving another one away. You know, Robbie Turner, the steel guitar player?
2: I know who you're talking about.
1: Played with Waylon and mm-hmm. and a bunch of them boys. And uh, yeah. uh, anyway, he had a car wreck, and it just really messed him up, and he's out. And uh, Chris Stapleton is doing a big benefit oh, on the 26th, yeah. and uh, I think uh, Jimmy Johnson's going to be there, and I think Waylon's wife is going to oh, be there, okay. uh, widow. Anyway, there's a big lineup and they're hoping to raise a bunch of big cash. Good, good. So I've filled another number one uh I guess it's sitting around there and well, the It's over
0: there on the counter. Take this job and shove it. Is it take this job? Mm-hmm. Okay.
1: Yeah. Gold or platinum? Gold. So I had gold and platinum of everything. And uh and I did have one of these up here that was three. Uh in it. I still got one before. But anyway, when I got one of my buddies in trouble, and instead of giving them five or six hundred dollars out of my pocket, I just pulled a gold record off the wall. And they auctioned it off, and they usually right. make more yep. than that for the heck, album. You know, heck
2: yeah! Heck yeah. And,
0: uh, Isn't that something? That's awesome to have uh, a bunch of gold and platinum records, and you're just able to give them away for help. That's a pretty good. That's a pretty cool gift to have. That's How awesome. many gold and platinums do you have in in songs?
2: Well. uh, I know I'm. I think I've been on about between twelve and fifteen million. I think. It, all in total. Yeah. And but, sales. Fifteen, yeah, fifteen million. I think.
1: Like I believe that's about what that one. Take this job and Did. Oh yeah. And my song, you know, from cotton to satin, took a damn good ride on it, you know.
2: Well, you know, I always write hits. Just sometimes the S is in the wrong place. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah i understand that's that's a good one there that's good
0: i you like just, that you just gotta get the s in the right i like that, that. so you yes. you and uh cletus t judd have started something together yeah. you started a hits and giggles hits and giggles
2: show well i do. you know I, I do hit songwriter shows all over the country i do uh you know uh i do all kinds of stuff but i wanted to do something different you know and and uh so me and Cletus T, uh, you can go to uh, hitsandgiggles.show, and Giggles uh, look. We're 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 putting this show together where it's it's a comedy forward hit songwriter show. And uh,
0: meaning the songs are all going to be comedy.
2: No, there's going to be hits too, but it's going to be you know. I mean, we're going to have uh, uh, you know uh, guests come in, and it's going to be you know. I don't know if you know Win w- w- Varble. Hmm. Uh, uh, he's he's one of the funniest human beings ever. Uh, uh, Ira Dean, who's a, who's a great friend. Oh, I know Ira too well. Yeah, uh, uh, too, too well. Too <laughs> well. No. Ira back in his day, Whoa. buddy. Let me tell you, Ira back in his day was
0: <laughs>
2: pretty pretty, pretty wild. W- pretty wild, yeah. yeah. And uh, but uh, he, you don't the, you don't
0: get to be in a band called Trick Pony unless you got some wild streak <laughs> in you. <laughs> but I can remember when we do dates
1: together and happen to room together. <laughs> you did dates with ira dean no i was doing dates with somebody bigger than that but yeah and but we you know we made your room together be you know in on, on the same deals or something and uh and ira, i just love you jim jump out of his damn bed both of us in their shorts and jump over there on top of me
0: <laughs> son of a gun y'all got wild y'all did get wild didn't you <laughs> yeah yeah was I, he was he the doctor you was talking about earlier in the show with the, <laughs> no,
1: he, no the long, a, he swore that wasn't his
2: finger. <laughs> well, Ira's I one of my best friends. He, uh, he he he's funny too. He's got you know you know a lot of people don't realize you know he lived with Johnny Cash for three years. Hey, I don't
0: think people realize that because they wouldn't know that. How, yeah, how in the world did that come about?
2: Well, uh, he you know basically I mean he tells the story way better than me. But uh, he he was a he was at a bar one time and. And uh, he, he, you know, I think Trick Pony just broke up or something like that. And he he was like, I don't know what I'm going to do. I I think I'm going to move back to North Carolina. And he's talking to this fella. And this guy said, basically said, Man, don't do that. Don't, you know, don't don't, don't give up. You're here for a reason. He goes, Man, won't you come stay with me for. A couple of weeks uh, to get you get you back on your feet. You,
0: you're saying there's this random guy, but it was yeah, Johnny Cash? Random guy, No,
2: it was John Carter. Oh, okay. And he said, um his random guy and he said, uh, won't you come stay with me? And, and he goes, Are you sure? He goes, Yeah, man. He goes, let me go ask my mom and dad. <laughs> let me go ask my mom and dad. <laughs> and, and he went, Oh gosh, what am I getting myself into? And uh and uh Johnny and June. He, I guess he talked to him. Johnny and June showed up, came to meet him, because you know their son said, "I want this guy to come stay with us." He ended up staying with them for three years. Son of a gun!
1: Oh, I've seen those days.
2: Yeah. Now that is a
0: quite that's quite the story. Yeah. To be able to, we need to get Ira Dean on the show. He, oh, he's
2: he's Uh, great. Yeah, he's he's awesome.
0: I want to hear that story told from the mouth of Ira Dean.
2: Uh, definitely. I, I mean, I'm not saying your
0: mouth ain't pretty enough. Oh, well. Man. It's fine. Well, thank you. I've heard a lot, had a lot of people tell me that. But. Jim, you kiss, you kiss a lot of men in the mouth. <laughs> yeah. What about
2: his? He wouldn't be no problem. It wouldn't be. It wouldn't, <laughs> no problem. Lightweight. But well, well, that is a problem thing. Funny
0: thing about Cletus T. Judd. Um, my dad and I used to travel. We, we used to do hot shot loads. You ever heard of hot shot loads? You ever heard of that, Jim? I have. Are you talking about loads that you haul? Right, so you would go when when, it, when they got a, a smaller load that's not going to go on a big, big semi. Yeah, they right, They right. hire these people with truck and trailer to do hot shot loads.
1: Yeah, doulish.
0: My dad mm-hmm. would, would do those to make extra money, and we would mm-hmm. travel all over the place. But we never, we never stopped. He would just go all the way to Erie, Pennsylvania, and all the way back. Just never stopping. And uh, we always listened to comedy CDs. And Cletus T. Judd was one of those guys when I was a boy, and he was the man. This is this is a true story. He was the one that made me write my first song ever when I when I was a little boy. It was a parody song like Cletus T. Judd. And then year, fast forward years later, my first viral online. Vi- I haven't had hits and stuff like that, like y'all. But I've had a lot of uh, views online. I've had viral viral hits online. The first one ever was a parody that I ever wrote, and and it's because of Cletus T. Judd that. Uh, that ever happened because man, he, that's awesome.
2: Yeah. Cletus is such a, such a great soul too, man. He, he he's just, such you know, a, I don't
1: know that I, i met everybody in the world, but I don't know that I can remember meeting Cletus. Well, Cletus, you gonna meet him. He's coming. I know all about him, but you know,
2: yeah, he, uh, he's done like 20. I'm just reading. Cause I, we we're just doing this website and, uh, he's done. It's 27 music videos. Yeah. He's done. And, uh, and he 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 does a lot of uh, like um, uh, speaker stuff now too for uh, for addiction and stuff like that. He do, he does he does a lot of that stuff too. But uh, yeah, he's he he's a great guy. But uh, well, I just kind of had this idea. We've been talking about it forever, and and uh, so we're looking at doing some shows in Vegas possibly, and in and in uh, Minnesota. There's a group that. Uh, does theaters in Minnesota that we're talking about doing. And and, uh, so, yeah, we're getting a lot of interest in it.
0: Your first show is in April in Nashville, though, Uh, It's in April,
2: yeah. Uh, uh, The first show is going to be – well, you'd have to go on the website to look. I had to – my mind's not very good. But uh, uh, it's going to be April 25th, I think. Uh, But uh, it's going to be at the listening room. Listening room, yeah. In April. Yeah.
0: They can go to hits and dot show. Dot show. Yeah. And find all the information out to see Cletus T. Judd and he's the MC and you're the MC.
2: Yes. And then yes. it's it's
0: a big party.
2: Oh, yeah. Definitely. And you got a
0: bunch of guests coming We're gonna in. I have and
2: guests coming in and, and some uh, some
0: scantily clad ladies like Hee Haw. Oh yeah.
2: Well that that'll be that'll be me. But <laughs> oh, you'll uh, be,
0: and Jim could come too if Jim, he would you go and, and <laughs> put your good bra on and go out there and would you? <laughs> I'm leaving
1: I mean, my bra at the house. Oh, wow. Oh,
2: it's that kind
0: of The party. first show is okay, coming out well. with a bang, isn't it? <laughs> so, Chris, uh, we end every show with an unbelievable fact. Uh-oh. Yeah. Jim, you ready for this
1: one? Put it on me.
0: Ketchup originated in China as a boiled-down brine of pickled fish and spices called ki shiap. So thank you to China for my children's toys and making my fries taste
2: better, too. That's the unbelievable fact today. Can you believe that? You a ketchup fan? I am, actually, because I'm anti-mayo. Well, you know what? Oh, no. Oh, yeah. Mayonnaise is the devil's shaving cream. Oh, Lord, I ain't never heard that. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Why don't you like mayonnaise? I've hated it since I was a little kid. I've tried it a bunch of times, and it's just evil.
0: Have you tried Miracle Whip and mayonnaise, both of those? I don't like
2: Miracle Whip because it wants to be mayonnaise. (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah. I'm going to tell you what, there's nothing better to me than an egg sandwich yeah. with Miracle Whip.
2: Yes, and cheese. Son of a
0: gun, and cheese. My grandma used to make those, and have you tried an egg sandwich with Miracle Whip?
2: I would probably
0: die. Before you leave, we got to make him oh, a no, egg sandwich Oh, no, you ain't Jim, go fire the stove up. I- I Put I me some cheese egg. on it now, and <laughs> I'll hey, eat it.
1: It could go in that hole, or...
0: It, oh, whoa, it, hey, it goes in one or the other here. <laughs> Nobody leaves here without an egg sandwich, or miracle whip. <laughs> That's part of the show's <laughs> requirements. I quit. <laughs> you gonna play something to, to uh, take us out,
2: man? I can.
0: Well, let's uh, let's uh,
2: do that then. Uh, I wrote this. Uh, my my grandmother was an amazing woman. She uh, she was um, she was in the poetry hall of fame. She's in some of these anthologies, poultry anthologies. And she was a prayer warrior. And she used to, um, she used to, when we go to stay all night at her house, she was hard of hearing. So uh, she would pray at 2 a.m. She'd wake us up because she was praying at the top of her lungs because she, she couldn't hear herself. Yeah. And she would pray, and every night we'd we'd hear her next, you know, across the room, and and um, we could hear her names. Granny was over there taking care of us while we were supposed to have been sleeping. Yeah. And um. So anyway, so I I, I, wrote, I wrote this song about that whole thing. So. Satan knew my grandma well He could hear prayers clear down in hell he gets so mad he'd burn himself yeah, Satan knew my grandma well He tried his best to test her faith he sent Grandpa to his grave. And he talked her in, blaming herself. Yeah, Satan knew my grandma With a Bible for a sword and shield, she fought him on the battlefield. Kneeled down beside her bed. For hours on that tear-stained floor, till he couldn't take it anymore, and he'd even pray to hear her "say amen." Satan knew my grandma well. He could hear her prayers clear down in hell. She made him wish he'd never fail Satan knew my grandma well. I was six years old at Sullivan Park when Satan tried to get me in his car, but he sped away when he heard her yell. Guess Satan knew my grandma. the Bible for sword and shield she fought him on the battlefield Kneeled down beside her bed for hours on that tear-stained floor till he couldn't take it anymore and he'd even pray hear her say amen amen Satan sighed with great relief. The day the grandma got her wings. Now she's somewhere she can finally rest. You see, Satan knew my grandma well. But Jesus knows my grandma best. Satan knew my grandma well. Jesus knows my grandma. Best.
0: I'm gonna tell you what. Great normally. Normally, I just let it. Right out, and I end the show. But that's one of the best songs I ever heard in my life.
2: Oh, thank you! Man. I promise
0: you, man. I was almost crying over here because my grandma was the same way. Yep. Yes, and sir. Uh, wow, man! You hear you ever you know you ever hear a song and you go, "I wish I'd have written that." Uh, I just heard one just now. That's amazing.
2: Man, thank you so much for having me
0: thank you for being okay. here thank you for playing that and yeah. is that available for download already
2: you know what it, you i need to get it back on because it used to be i think you can go on my reverb nation and and, and get it but uh, it, uh my old album i put my new album on there which is called leave something behind and for somehow or another my old album got i need to put it back on there but uh, i'm in the in the process of doing that right now getting it back on my that's on my old original album don't blink album
0: son so. of a gun that should be a number one hit it should be so that's what i hate about number ones is a song like that doesn't go number one but songs like uh she thinks my tractor's sexy does <laughs> right i got nothing against she thinks my tractor's sexy but those songs right there everybody should hear so anyway thank you chris for man
2: thank you guys coming so in much.
0: Jim, you got anything else?
1: No, I've just thoroughly enjoyed meeting you. And, oh, man. Right and back I, at you. I love what you're doing. I totally agree about you, this song I just heard. Wonderful.
2: Wonderful. Well, I appreciate it. I wish I could still make a living writing those kind of songs. Shoot. <laughs> <Man>. <laughs>
0: well, I'll tell you, there's always a place for a song that rips your heart out in, in a joyful way.
1: And, even, and there's going to be more place than ever. It's coming.
0: Yeah, I'm kind of. That's kind of my mo. Like people listen to my music because I do a lot of stuff like that too. Yeah. And that's where I like to live in that lane. So, I, not that I don't like rock and stuff and stuff like that. Either, we need to put the killing back in country. Is what we need to do. Yeah, I think it's. I think there is play. There's some songs that's he and I talked about that every now and then. And I think that there's some songs out there that still do that to mm-hmm. this day. But it's like a, I drive your truck, Lee oh, rice right?
2: What a great song! One of my man.
0: one of my favorite songs, and that, that's a modern country song. And it's just like, man, like this is amazing. I think that went number one. Yeah. But anyway, we're gonna end it right there because I can go on talking forever about about that song. And uh, Jim, please, uh, t- as a ceremonial kiss in the mouth for the good <laughs> song you did, and yeah. use tongue this time, okay? He earned it. He earned it. (laughs) He's He's earned earned it, it. yeah. We're videoing, so we'll make sure we get a good shot of it. I have to get a hold of his ears first thing so he don't dodge. (laughs) (laughs) Thank y'all for tuning in. Please uh, download, rate, review, and subscribe. Oh, man. Thank you so much, Chris Wallen, for coming into the studio and jamming out with us and making us all tear up and cry. What a great song. Y'all go find Chris Wallen wherever he's at online. Chris Wallen on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook. And find his email and email him. And whatever else you can do to him. Just find his house and go there and knock on his door. Whatever whatever you can do. Tell him to play for you. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you, Rode, for supplying the sound with the Rodecaster Pro. We love you. Rate, review, download, and subscribe. God bless you.